Welcome to Words of Inspiration with Rev. James T. Brown, Jr., the lead pastor of Tabernacle of Worship. Let's join today's message in progress. We're going to be continuing in our, our series today titled Transformation. Titled Transformation. We're continuing in that series. And I actually want you to open your Bible today to the book of Acts. The book of Acts, chapter 9. The book of Acts, chapter 9, and we're going to begin reading at verse 3. The book of Acts, chapter 9, and verse 3. And the word of God says, And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, and he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul. Why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. I want you to jump down to verse 17 with me. There it reads, it says, And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hand on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales. And he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. We're going to be speaking today from the subject, eyes wide open, eyes wide open. Very familiar scripture as we're talking about Saul, who we know later becomes Paul. But as our text opens, Saul of Tarsus is receiving or he's received permission from the high priest to go to Damascus from Jerusalem to further persecute and capture followers of the way of Christ. On his journey, he had an experience with Jesus Christ. A light flashed in his face and knocked him off his horse. He discovered that Jesus, whom he had been persecuting, was showing him his power and authority. In fact, let's look back at verse number four, shall we? Verse number four, it says, And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? So here, Jesus identified Saul by name. 
Jesus identified Saul by name. Oftentimes we, we think that, that he doesn't know you. He doesn't, he, he knows you. He knows you by name. He knows you. He knows your enemy. He knows those that are with him. He knows those that are against him. And he knows them by name. Knows them by name. But look, he calls Saul, Saul, Saul. Why persecutest thou me? Notice that from his throne in heaven, Jesus asked Saul, why is he persecuting him? From his throne in heaven. It's almost antithetical to think that Jesus, who's sitting on his throne at the right hand of the Father, the second part of the Godhead and the Trinity, is speaking and saying, why are you persecuting me? That, that doesn't seem like it's possible, does it? But yet he spoke to him and he said, why are you persecuting me? Here, the, the, the Son of God states that he's being persecuted. Why? Because it was his people that were being persecuted. It was his people that were being persecuted. We must always remember that what is done to us is also inflicted upon our Savior. Do you hear me? Let me say that again. What is done to us is also inflicted upon our Savior. What's done to us is afflicted upon our Savior. That's why those who attack you are placing themselves in opposition to the Lord himself. Listen, it's not an attack against you. They may not understand it, but they are attacking him. They are attacking him. It's not you. That's why sometimes we need to be careful about what we do and how we respond. We spend a lot of times running off at the mouth, bumping gums, fussing and fighting when the battle is not ours. It's the Lord's. You have to remember that's what the, the battle is not yours. It is the Lord's. I need you to type in chat. He fights for me. He fights for me. A lot of times we're sitting there trying to wage a battle, trying to fight, trying to go against somebody, trying to get them for this and get them for that. Listen, raise up your hands and let it go. L hands up. Hearts open wide as the sky. Let that go. Jesus is going to deal with that. You don't need to worry about it. It's not your fight. It's not your battle. Listen, right there with Pontius Pilate, Jesus said he didn't say a mumbling word. Pontius would just say, listen, listen, give me a reason. Just tell me anything. Tell me something. And I'm going to go ahead and let you go because I, it doesn't even make sense to me. But Jesus said nothing because he would not let man stand in the way of purpose and destiny. So he sat there knowing what he had to do. You see, there's some things you need to keep your mouth shut and let the Lord fight it. Let the Lord fight it. The battle belongs to him. The battle belongs to him. Because when someone comes against you, they're coming against him. They're coming against him. Look at verse 5. And he said, who art thou, Lord? This is Saul speaking. And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Watch this. Saul didn't even know who Jesus was. He didn't even know who Jesus was. He didn't recognize. He didn't realize who this was. He addressed him as Lord, giving respect to the one who obviously was truly powerful. After all, he had shined a light in his face that knocked him off his horse. He said, wait a minute, Lord, Lord, what, what, what is this? Who are you? I don't even know who you are. 
He had no recognition. He had no, he could not recognize who he was. Now, Jesus not only identified himself, but he let Saul know that he was doing or what he was doing was fruitless. And he was only digging himself into a deeper hole. He was saying, listen, what you're doing, you think you're doing right. You think you're accomplishing something. You think you're moving forward, but you're only digging yourself into a deeper hole. Listen, your soul will not be able to pay for the price that you are digging right now. You need to realize that you, you, you're digging against the pricks. That's what it means. You're digging yourself into a deeper and deeper hole. That's why in verse six, Saul, he says, and he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? He said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Saul recognized the power of Christ and surrendered to his will. He recognized the power of Christ and surrendered to his will. Now, this is not just some small thing. This isn't an ordinary thing that happened. We're talking about Saul of Tarsus. Why is that important? You see, Saul, he has studied in, in some of the most noted schools or in the most noted school in Tarsus. He also sat under the most noted and renowned teachers of his day. He wasn't just any type of, of, of religious uh, um, um, Pharisee. He wasn't just type of any type of one. No, he knew exactly who he was. He knew everything about the Torah inside and out. He understood his religious doctrine. He understood his teaching. He understood what he had been taught. And he knew everything that he was doing and boldly persecuted and executed followers of Christ in the name of righteousness surrender righteousness and watch this at this point he surrendered to christ the very one to which he had been persecuting that was no small thing that was no small order jesus came and changed him right there in an instant because he was looking at all the stuff that he had been studying this is what saul was looking at everything that he had experienced Everything that he read, everything that he had memorized, all of his weekly and daily prayers, all of the things he was supposed to do, he had done, but he never saw this in anything. He heard, he, I saw where he spoke out of a burning bush. I saw where Moses split his, his staff over the, the Red Sea and I saw it part. I, I saw all of that, but I didn't see any of this where he came and a light flashed in my face to where I could feel it. It went through his body and knocked him down. He had never experienced anything like this and said, I must surrender to this because this is true. This is real. This is the Lord. You see, regardless of how much you may know in the world an experience with Christ will have you turn from all that you thought you knew. Do you hear me? Regardless of all that you know in the world, regardless of how much you've memorized, how many books you've read, how many religions you think you've gone through, all it takes is one experience with Christ. One experience with Christ, and it changes everything. It changes everything, and what you thought you knew, you realize has no value in your life. This is what Saul experienced. This is what he had come to. And then Jesus said unto him, and the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, 
and it shall be told thee what thou must do, what thou must do. Jesus told him to go and wait for further instruction. He wanted him to go and wait for further instruction. Arise and go and simply wait. You know, we heard this phrase, hurry up and wait. <laughs> That's almost what he, hurry up and wait. He said, get up, arise, go to where you're supposed to do. I want you to stay and just wait there, wait there. And you'll, you'll be told what you must do. He said, listen, further instruction is coming. Further instruction is coming. And this can be very frustrating. This can be frustrating uh, for, for many people because having to wait for Christ to give instruction can be frustrating because you want to know now especially in our culture. We want to know right now, but there's some things that we're not ready for. There's some things we're not prepared for. And he's saying, listen, I need you to get to a point, get to the place of waiting, get to the place where you must wait. You, you have to have a patient heart and a patient spirit and be able to wait on the Lord. And this is where many of us, we do get into trouble because we're trying to hurry up. We're trying to go on our timetable and not the Lord's. We're trying to go according to what we want and not according to what he wants. So we've got to get to a place of simply getting to the point where he wants you to be and to wait. Sometimes you've got to get to the right position. He said, go to the city. Where you are right now is not the position you need to be in. You need to go and get to the city, get to the city. And once you get there, then you'll get further instruction. You'll get further instruction. We find it sometimes hard to be patient and wait on the Lord, but we must wait on the Lord. We must wait on the Lord. Some of us, when we get to this point, we simply think that we should go and, and, and do what we think is best, what we should do, and then ask the Lord to bless it or think the Lord will bless it. And then we get ourselves in problems and troubles and we're trying to figure out why isn't this working out, Father? Why isn't this going right, Lord? What, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with this situation? You did not move like you said you would, Ah, but he did not say he would. He told you to wait, wait and receive the instruction here. Saul, he went and he waited. He went and he waited. And there, then we see the men that were with him. The men that were with him, they looked up and they saw nothing. They heard a voice, but they didn't see any man. And they're like, wait a minute. What in the world has gone on? You see, only Saul saw Jesus. Only Saul. Only Saul. No one else saw him. You see, the others that were with him, they did hear a voice, but they didn't see anyone. They didn't see anyone. Watch this. There can be people with you, but they may not have the same experience. They may be, there may be other people with you, but they may not have the same experience. Have you ever had that to happen before? When you're sitting there and you, you, you could be out in a park and you look, oh my gosh, did you see that beautiful uh, um, rainbow? Did you see that? People look up and say, I don't see no rainbow. What rainbow are you talking about? I, it was right there. Oh my gosh. It, 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 it's, it's a sign of promise. And they're like, I don't know anything you're talking about. Because it wasn't for them. <laughs> oh my goodness. It wasn't for them. It was for you. It was for you. It was for you. Uh, let me say that again. It is only meant for you. It's only meant for you. You see, you can't try to get everyone to co-sign your experience. 
You see, sometimes we do that because we want to feel validated because someone else, they heard the same thing. They saw the same thing. Oh, yes, you, you, saw, you see, we both saw it. So you don't want to say, I'm not crazy. I, I know I'm not foolish. I, I know I'm not losing my mind. Listen, it's, it's not about them. It's not about anyone else. It's what he's doing in your life. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it was a blessing to you. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for our regularly scheduled services at Tabernacle of Worship. You will also be able to get this entire message. Please feel free to visit our website at www.taboworship.org. That's www.taboworship.org for more information.